and welcome to the next podcast where we're going to focus on the SQL Server community. I'm joined by my colleague Raul and I'll ask him to introduce himself. Hi, this is Raul Gonzalez. I'm a data platform a senior engineer in here at Coyo. And well, my journey, it's been quite long now, longer than I want to remember. And I started like a junior developer back in my home country, Spain. And then I progressed to be a little bit more senior in programming. Then I got into SQL Server professionally. And now I'm, you know, I'm on the top of my career. Great. And the purpose of this podcast is to talk about the SQL community and the data community in general. So anyone that's new to, to Microsoft, to data, to Azure, can have an understanding of what resources are available and maybe how that's helped you in your career. Can you talk a little bit about what the community has meant to you in your career journey and how it's helped you? Well, I mean, the community, it's been a really important part since I started working full-time with SQL Server because uh, on previous technologies I worked, the sense of community wasn't there at all, maybe because I, I was still in Spain and, you know, in the um, IT community is not as, as strong as in um, English-speaking countries. So for me, it's been like... a huge progression since I started getting more involved into the community. It was, you know, my first training sessions, you know, when I went my, to my first SQL Beats and then when I started writing my blog and when I did my first presentation in my local user group and then when I kept continuing going to the user group and more conferences and more training. So these recent years have been driven very much by, by the community. And yeah, it, it meant a lot for, for my progression in my career. And, and you've gone from being an attendee at events to speakers at conferences and, and a user group organizer. Yes, indeed. Now, now I'm co-organizing the Reading SQL Server user group, which is um, Azure also involved. And yeah, it's, it's part of just giving back to the community a little bit of what I received before. So it's just... Uh, you know, somebody else is uh, between giving and taking from, from the community is how it works. Sure. And if someone were, were new to, to Microsoft and Azure and cloud data, how would you suggest that they get started? What resources or events could they think about? Well, they, they can start, you know, just checking the, the past website and find like local user groups. Maybe there's something local to them and they can join them and if there's nothing available because you live in a remote place or you know just going to a local user group is just not feasible you can al also join online user groups which is always a good idea and even if you cannot attend those meetings usually they get recorded and you can go to i mean you can go to full almost full conferences you know for past sql beats editions and there's a lot of, you know, past summit sessions available. So th there's a really, really a lot of resources if you want to watch videos or attend to past sessions. But you can also go to many blogs. Um, I mean, the community is just so extensive. You can just see one specific author that you like. And most likely he's going to have a blog and he's going to be mentioning other authors that he, he, he likes. So you can just pull the thread, you know, and, and follow them in Twitter, and you can see that this guy follows the other guy, and, and then you follow it, and you can follow... Follow the network, basically. Exactly. You, yeah. you, you follow Microsoft Azure, and they're mentioning MVPs, and MVPs are mentioning other MVPs, and yeah. it's, it's just a 
you know, an infinite probably network. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think you could have a full-time job just studying and learning if, if you chose to do so, if you had yeah. enough time. Yeah, de definitely. I mean, if, if you had the time, that would be amazing. <laughs> and you mentioned when we were discussing earlier today some of the resources like the question of the day that you used to do and those things which were really important for you in building your knowledge and testing yourself and measuring your performance but you've also done a lot of certification as well yes yes i i well i've done quite a few exams and and yeah i hold the mcse's sql server and data platform and yeah now currently i'm studying for azure certifications which in here we are very encouraged to to do so because it not also benefits us but it also benefits our companies and that's something that some companies they don't really understand and they don't want to invest in people and do training but if you follow the community you can get a lot of free events that you can attend like sql saturdays for example and you know it's obviously giving up your time but you know the more involved you get if your boss see that you are involved in the community they're more likely to say like okay go to this conference i'm gonna pay for it because you you're really keen on learning something so I'm going to pay you to learn more and I can yeah. benefit from your knowledge to Absolutely. my business. And you talked a, a little earlier around how the journey for people that are new to SQL Server and Microsoft Data now is different from the journey that you had when you started out. What, what are the kind of key differences that you see for someone starting their career today versus when you started? Well, the difference is just day and night because back in the day we didn't have the resources to just available to us like that you know if, if, if you were lucky and had a colleague you know you you could you know squeeze him a little bit and get his knowledge but or her knowledge but it wasn't available i mean internet was there obviously we had internet but it, it just wasn't the same there was no social networking and there was no big conferences around and maybe because <laughs> I was um, still in Spain, and the, the you know the sense of community in there is a little bit you know behind the, mm. the English-speaking countries. But but yeah, it, it's amazing now. My I can see my colleagues, you know the the juniors we have in, in here, the graduates. They just learn so much and so quickly because they have all the information in there. As far as they are willing to give up, give up some time and to 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 learn, yeah, the the information is just there. So it's um, really really good for everyone. So I think the message I take from that to summarize is that if you've got the desire and the appetite, then the availability of that knowledge and resources is, is you don't have to hunt for it like you used to have to work to get that knowledge. But now there's so much available. Yeah. And, and you don't have to spend a lot of money because money is, is always an issue. And if you have to buy books that, that are like 50, 60 pounds or dollars or whatever currency you are, it's um, it's obviously an investment, but now it's like you can get almost the same amount of resources or probably you can get more free resources than paid resources. And maybe the quality or the in-depth are a little bit random. It depends on, on the source. You know, you can get a really blog post, which is probably better than the documentation of the product itself for free. And you can pay for a book, which is like, well, not so not so good. So it's obviously you need to have a little bit of understanding what is right and what is wrong. You can get, but but it's like fake news in the in the internet, right? Now now there are plenty of news, and and you have to make the difference what is correct and what is incorrect. So obviously it might take a while at the beginning, but 
once you are you know walking to run it's a little bit easier so that's a really interesting point because i remember you know books online and and the documentation on msdn used to be the bible but it was very much product documentation no or very little practical implementation about architecture design decisions troubleshooting that kind of thing and for me that's where blogs and events kind of filled that gap in my knowledge but to your point that requires a degree of maturity because anyone can publish anything on a blog doesn't mean it's right and they may not specify the exact version or edition or some contextual factors which will affect whether that advice is true and valid in your environment so there is a high responsibility required to interpret that and apply it yeah and i'm happy that you mentioned books online because now microsoft has opened that and you can edit books online so if you're not happy with them with a specific oh, content wow. nice. you can you can just modify it and say like no the right thing is this one and probably a committee of uh, people very smart at microsoft they're going to decide whether what you're saying is right or wrong and and if you're right they're going to just publish it and you're going to be a part of the community editing and authoring the books online yourself so that's it, a fantastic way to leverage the knowledge of the install base and the and the community because there are thousands and thousands of users that really understand how sql server and the microsoft data platform works often far better than some program managers and technical writers at microsoft in expect customers to use it so that's really interesting yeah it's just like the wikipedia i mean if you expect someone to know yeah. everything about everything that's, that's fairly impossible, but if you have, you know, thousands of millions of people, you know, editing and just focusing on, on what they know, yeah. w which is true, it just, you know, just get more trustworthy content yeah. probably, yeah. And uh, s slightly different perspective on, on the community concept. If someone's been working with, with SQL and with data for a couple of years, and they've, got, they've built some knowledge and experience and they're interested in getting involved in, um, in writing and speaking. What advice would you give them about the kind of journey and the stepping stones that are involved? Well, I mean, I started writing my, my blog because, you know, I just felt I wanted to, to, to share my knowledge and I, I was the only DBA in a company. So it was like, for me, it was kind of a exercise to prove myself that I really understand that topic before I can write about it because obviously you don't want to publish anything which is not accurate or is not actually true and you know or it's just a specific thing but you didn't specify it and before you publish any article you get to investigate a lot and to to develop your knowledge in in the in the topic kind of a lot and test this test that so it's it's more like giving back but at the same time it's like by doing it, you receive a lot because you, you get yeah. to understand a lot of things in more depth. So it's amazing. It's just if, if you really want to do it, just go ahead and do it. There are also now in conferences, you have career development sessions. Yeah. So you can go and, and there's a lot of sessions about how to write my first blog, how to write my first presentation. So it's, it's like even that there's a session for to help you going on so it is just it's just amazing the community to be to be fair <laughs> yeah great and thinking about opportunities for a first time speaker what what sort of stepping stones or actions would you recommend someone take if they're thinking about speaking as well 
you know, if you have an idea and you think that it's a good idea and people are going to benefit from knowing this, just go ahead and write a presentation. And if you have colleagues, you can present to your colleagues. Then you can find your local user group or the, you know, the nearest user group you, you can go and present. If there's nothing, go online. You can create your own YouTube channel or whatever and publish it in there. It's just, um, you know, giving back and not look back. Just start doing it and you're going to get better every time. The first time you're not going to be great or maybe yes, but probably you're not going to be that great. And, you know, the next time it's going to be better and better and better. You're going to be more confident every time you're doing it. So if you have one presentation on, you know, Horizon and you do it to your colleagues, to your local user group, and then you present it to SQL Saturdays, you might not be chosen, but you might. And then, you know, you can look higher, you know, SQL bits or SQL Greenland or data in Devon or all these amazing conferences we have all over the place. So, well, if you, if you get to land one session in Path Summit, there you are. Fantastic. Right? So yeah. <laughs> and you organize a user group. You must have some available slots coming up over the next few months where you're looking for speakers. If someone were to reach out to you, what are the sort of things that you're looking for from a first-time speaker when they're contacting you about speaking at the Reading User Group? Well, we, we just want people that really want to, to share. I mean, obviously, we want great content for our attendees, but also we understand that to get to be great speakers, you need to start somewhere, and the local user group is the, is the place you have to start. So we are not looking for really, really experienced speakers, so anyone is welcome. They just have to send us an email and say like, hey, I got this idea. You think it's right for the user group? You think it's not? And we can you know, mentor a little bit and say like, okay, we, we see this. If, if we get the presentation in a, a little bit in advance, once it's approved, we can say like, okay, I'm not sure about this part or maybe, well, we, we always can help. And it's, it's a friendly crowd? People would be supportive and open to new speakers? Yes, definitely, yes. I, I, I did my first presentation in here and everybody was really, really appreciating my, my effort. I... I I probably know that it wasn't th that super great, but, <laughs> but, but yeah, it's how everybody starts. It's nice. I think it's a really in important point because if people explain at the beginning of their presentation that this is their first presentation, the audience is much more likely to be more flexible, more understanding, and to provide some really useful feedback at the end that isn't just a pat on the back and well done, but maybe slow down a little bit or think about changing your demo in this way, and actually very uh, giving with their time and, and feedback and, and, and very constructive in that way. So it's a learning opportunity, and if you approach that as a learning opportunity, then that's a great idea. And if someone hasn't spoken before, a 60-minute slot at a user group can feel like an eternity. If someone's got an idea and they want to, to step out and, and deliver their first presentation at the Reading User Group, how open would you be to them taking a sh slightly shorter slot? Yeah, I mean, th there's always a uh, possibility. I mean, usually we have two slots for 60-minute presentations, but I'm sure if someone comes with a 30 minutes and someone else is gonna be really happy of taking 75 minutes to do a you know extended session because uh, at the end we can see that most of the speakers are like oh I'd like to show you this but you know it's not possible in 60 minutes I'd like to, to see that but it's not possible in 60 minutes so I'm sure we can combine you know if someone's got like 30 minutes presentation but but I have to say that 
when you write a presentation, as you said, it looks like an eternity, 60 minutes, but when you deliver it the first time, you might be surprised that you overrun. Yeah. <laughs> so, because it happened to me, like writing, oh, I, I, I'm not sure if I have enough content. And then it's like 75 minutes later, it's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> you need to cut it <laughs> I, down. I, yeah, find I, the I, I have to start removing the slides. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, we, we are flexible. We are happy to, to get any emails from anyone. To do and what makes a great presentation? If someone's thinking about planning a session, what, what are the kind of key ingredients that you would say that they must have? All great sessions have these three things. What would that be? Well, you, you need to be speaking about a topic you are confident with. Yep. So people are going to come up with questions always. And if they don't, it's because they're probably too sleepy or they're not engaging very yeah. well with the, com with the presentation. So you need to know about the topic. You need to have good demos. I, I like demos because, you know, theory is fine, but you always want to see things in action. And you have to be ready for whatever happens. You know, I mean, you have to prepare it. it that, that's a must. Because, you know, if you try to improvise on the fly, it's like you have to be a really, really good presenter and yeah. really experienced to be able to do so without people knowing that you are just going super cowboy. But, yeah, I think those three things are the most important. Fantastic. That sounds good. It's been great to talk to you. And just in, by way of rounding off the podcast, one of the things we've asked each of the guests on the podcast is to provide us with a tip or recommendation, a resource or suggestion, something that's been really influential in helping them in their career. Is there anything that you can think that you would recommend that listeners could follow up on and, um, and take away from this? I mean, a, a really good way to start is just go on Twitter maybe because it, it, it wasn't Twitter. I didn't obviously start my involvement in Twitter, but nowadays just go on Twitter and find a few authors you like and start following them from there. And then you're going to see that they are, you know, speaking about blog posts, so you can follow the blog posts if you like the, the, the style of the, of the blog. You can follow that blog. And the more time you have and the more involvement, involvement you want to get, it's going to be beneficial for you. You're going to yeah. be learning from different sources, different topics, different styles. It's going to be just very, very good for you. Fantastic. That's awesome. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you very much for having me.